New, new, new black, new, new black Wall Street book club. Evan Jefferson, brother, much love. Educating, elevating, because in knowledge is the power and we'll never give it up. <laughs> Literature is for the masses. Where to put your money down the how to watch your assets. Yeah, uplifting others is a passion. My brother Evan, he will turn it into action. New Black Wall Street Book Club. You should come read with come us. Read with us. Yeah, we comprehend and discuss. Yeah. If we all just come together, there's no limit for there's us. No limit for us. <laughs> Here comes your host, New Black Wall Street. Evan, take it away. New Black Wall Street Book Club. Welcome to the New Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. If you put it in a book, we absolutely will find it. I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, CEO of ERGJ Enterprises, ERGJ Black Bazaar, and international best selling author of the book. The Black Billionaires Club. It's a study of black wealth. It's a study of the 12 richest black people in the world today and how they built their wealth. And I just believe that if you want to be wealthy, you should study wealthy people. We can find that book by going to the website www.theblackbillionairesclub.com www.theblackbillionairesclub.com You'll find that link in the description above or below. In today's episode of the New Black Wall Street Book Club, we continue along in our journey into the book, What Makes the Great Great? Strategies for Extraordinary Achievement by Mr. Dennis P. Kimbrough. What Makes the Great Great? Strategies for Extraordinary Achievement by Mr. Dennis Kimbrough. Passage in Daily Affirmations, Daily Affirmations for African-American Success, uh, says this, try this one for size. And here is our quote of the day uh, from Nanny Helen Burroughs, an educator and civil rights activist. She says this, people may doubt what you say, but they will always believe what you do. People may doubt what you say, but they will always believe what you do. Here's, the name, here's our little devotional text here from, uh, from this book. It says, hey, many of us languish under a consciousness of I'll try. Just two little words, uh, so enabling, yet so inhibiting. How many guys know some people that, that, that seems to be the story of their life? They always trying. Trying is usually an excuse for not doing. It is a concept employed to justify self-defeat. For example, have you ever tried to sleep at night? If you did, you awoke the next morning groggy and listless. Have you ever tried to lose weight? If so, the only thing you probably lost was time. Just try to quit smoking. So many smokers do this as they light up another cigarette. Trying to quit means that you're still smoking and working like hell not to. If you try to do something, you're expending a great deal of energy on activity not accomplishment and accomplishment is the bottom line in the real world there are no a's for effort only for results this is what many people need to learn and there are no a's for effort only for results if you doubt me just try to sit down either you do or you don't i know many college dropouts who tried to complete their degrees remember the world will judge you not try to judge you by your actions not your intentions. The world will judge you by your actions, 
not by your intentions. And I think so many people they get this mixed up. Uh, they, they feel like, hey, if I if I if I if I I just if I had good intentions, that that should be enough. No, it's it's not. That's not enough. That's great that you got good intentions, but sure, what did your actions say? And here's the quote of the day from our little devotional affirmation. Get us going in the morning. I will do, not just try. I will do, not just try. Again, the world will, will judge you not by your actions. I mean, by, by your actions, not by your intentions. Not what you intend to do, but what you actually do is what you will be judged by. I will do, not just try. So that's our quick little uh, devotion, a little motivation for the morning from Mr. Dennis Kimbrough. And our main text that we're going to be discussing today is the uh, is from the What Makes the Great Great. What makes the great great? Uh, and we are into mental laws, law number two. I mean, uh, part two. So uh, previous episode, we discussed, uh, I think, the top, the first four laws or mental laws. We discussed uh, the law of practice, uh, the law of mental equivalency, uh, the law of control, and the law of expectation. And so if you missed that, you want to uh, go ahead and t- tune in to either our previous live or our podcast, our uh, previous episode, to catch up where we left off at with those laws. Let's continue today. Uh, as we uh, pick up on what makes the great great, what makes the great great by Dennis Kimbrough, and we are into the law of reciprocity. The law of reciprocity. All relationships are, are based upon the law of reciprocity. This law states that people are internally driven to reciprocate for anything done either to them or for them. Uh, Friends and associates will be willing to help you achieve your goals only when you have demonstrated a willingness to help others achieve their goals. In other words, people don't care about you until they know how much you care about them. People don't care about you until they know how much you care about them. The most successful men and women in our society are those who have helped the greatest number of people achieve their objectives. He that will be great among you, let him serve. They build a vast reservoir of goodwill and in turn will be compensated for having aided others. For example, the direction of Joe Dudley's life was drastically altered when he mastered this law. Living under the thumb of poverty for the majority of his life, Dudley turned his focus to supporting others. As a result, he built a multi-billion dollar hair care business in the process. Today, He instructs others that service will always be a welcome commodity. You can have anything that you want. Your return in life are are the results. Your returns in life are the result of your contribution to others. Shakespeare wrote, The fragrance of of the rose lingers on the hand that cast it. If you give hard work, helpfulness, and honesty, you receive riches and rewards and the respect of others. Under this law, you and only you will determine just how much you will receive. So the law of reciprocity is basically talking about, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, giving and receiving, right? It's better to, it's more blessed to give, it's better to give than to receive. But as you give, 
the law of reciprocity says it would be given back unto you, right? Shaking down, pressed down, shaking up, all that stuff, right? Whatever that, that scripture is, right? So question is, are you a giver? Are you a server? Are you willing to help others, right? Are, are you making contributions into the lives of others? And then you realize, well, as you do that, uh, others will make contributions into your life. Or the other idea is to just be a beggar. You're always trying to get someone to do something for you, but you are unwilling to do things for others. You're going to find that that's a very lonely road. That's, and that's a very lonely road because eventually you push people away. So people are attracted to those who are willing to care about them. And as you care more about others, others will care more about you. The law of reciprocity. A quick word from our sponsor. Next we have the law of habits. The law of habit. Everybody put a console habit. Now we know this. You know, if you're if you're gonna be a slave to habits, why not be a slave to good habits? Right? Instead of bad habits. Virtually everything we do is the result of our habits. You are a bit bundle of habits. The way you walk, you talk. You think, you act, and deal with the important people in your life is largely habitual. We are creatures of habit. Life is habit. A succession of unconscious responses that become the most, most or more or less automatic. Since your thinking and behavior are subject to the same principle, your habits will make or break you. Habits can be either stepping stones or roadblocks to success or failure, happiness or unhappiness. In the absence of an outside force or a definitive decision on your part, you'll continue to act in accordance with the patterns and infinitum. You'll work in the same job, associate with the same people, eat the same foods, take the same route to work, and engaged in the same activities from the, for the remainder of your life. Changing habits that are no longer consistent with your objectives will be one of the most challenging steps that you will ever take. Let me repeat that again. Changing habits that are no longer consistent with your objectives will be one of the most challenging steps that you will ever take. Now notice this, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, that... Although that's a challenging step, right, to change. Change is, change is not always easy. But notice what he said. He said that, that are no longer consistent with your objectives. So that must mean that uh, before you can even think about changing habits, you got to have some objective. There's got to be a why behind whatever it is that you want to do. There's got to be a why. It's the why that will get you to actually change if it's that important to you, whatever it is that you want, that you want to accomplish. Good habits are hard to form, but easy to live with. And bad habits are easy to form, but hard to live with. The toughest things to change are bad habits that run counter to the goals that you want to achieve. If a habit isn't helpful, it is hurtful. If a habit is not leading you towards success, it's probably leading you to failure. 
Habits aren't instincts. They are acquired reactions. Habits aren't instincts. They are required, acquired reactions. They don't just happen. They're caused. Once you determine the original cause of a habit, it is written, is it within your power to either accept it or reject it? Habits. It takes approximately three to four weeks to break a habit. It takes the same amount of time to develop a new one. After this brief period, the habit becomes rooted. In other words, an automatic response. And so we had Mr. Scott say, man, gym life. Uh, have you made working out, going to the gym a habit at this point in time in your life? Remember, we first form habits, then habits form us. In the individual, in the individual drive towards achievement, if we do not consciously form good habits, we will form the habit of doing things that failures I'm sorry, we will unconsciously form bad ones. Successful men and women have simply formed the habit of doing things that failures will not do. It is just as easy to form the habit of succeeding as it is to succumb to the habit of failure. Perhaps now is the appropriate time to ask, what habits would I like to change or alter? What habits would I like to change or alter? See, Life is a habit. Life is habit. It's habitual. What we have created, what we have acquired, how we respond is habitual. And it either leads us, our habits leads us to the things that we want or it drives us away from the things that we say that we want. So I think it's important to do a little self-analysis. To say, hey, and you first determine what it is that you want. What are your objectives in life or objectives over the next three months, six months, a year? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? And then look at your habits. Look at how you live. Look at how you operate and ask yourself, well, if I continue operating in this manner, will this, will this, the way that I operate, help me get to where I want to go? And it's kind of easy to answer, too, because how you act and how you operate has brought you to where you are at this point in time in your life. Are there some things, quite possibly, some habits that you might need to consider changing or altering so you can reach your objectives? The law of habit. Next, we have the law of forgiveness. The law of forgiveness. The vital importance of forgiveness may not be obvious at first, but you may be sure that it is not by chance that every great spiritual teacher has insisted strongly upon it. The law of forgiveness states that you are mentally healthy to the degree that you can freely forgive and forget offenses done against you. You must forgive injustices, not just in words, but in your heart. This is required not for someone else's sake, but for yours. Failure to carry out this basic act gives control of your life to those whom you have judged to have wronged you. Now, this is so key because I think the law of forgiveness connects to the law of control. Uh, you know, when we don't forgive, we give control to others. So therefore, now we are out of control. And now the law of control isn't working for us either. 
because we're inhibited by who we have given our power to. When you don't forgive, you give your when you don't forgive, you give your power away. Your power of control, your power of freedom mentally or emotionally for some, depending on the offense. Forgiveness means changing any misconceptions. When we forgive another for anything that he or she may have done to us, we are really saying, I no longer give you the power to control who I am, how I think, and how I will behave in the future. I take full responsibility for my life. Forgiveness is the most liberating act of life. The inability to forgive lies at the root of all negative emotions, resentment, condemnation, hatred, and guilt. Medical science has proved that holding a grudge or harboring anger towards those who you feel have hurt you is a major cause of illness. You must let go and cut the cord to anger and resentment. You must forgive. Nearly 50 years ago, Dr. Frederick Loomis, an old country physician, wrote a short but memorable article entitled The Best Medicine. Though the author died a short time after publishing his moving piece, he still lives on in the minds of thousands of people. Dr. Loomis wrote, it's but little good you'll do watering last year's crops. Yet that's exactly what I've seen hundreds of my patients do over the past 25 years. Watering last year's crops. Water with freely flowing tears things of the irrevocable past. Not the bittersweet memories of loved ones, but things done which should not have been done and things left undone which should have been done. Each of us can lighten our own load by forgiving or perform some small deed for someone else. Everybody putting God's on lighten my load. In this manner, we can make the past recede as the present and future will again take on their true challenge and perspective. As a doctor, I've seen it many times. And nearly always, it's been a far more successful prescription than anything I could have ordered from the drugstore. One of the most difficult things for any individual to do is to forget his or her past mistakes or the mistakes of others. To let bygones be bygones. This small stroke of maturity is easy to say, but difficult to do. We all know people who sit and play with the tragedies of the past, like children in the sandbox, refusing to forgive those who have wronged them in any way. They should instead think long and hard on the words of Shakespeare. Things without remedy should be without regard. In other words, what is done is done. It's time to forgive and forget. It's time to turn to the future with the wisdom brought by the past pain and begin to consider the needs and desires of our fellow man. It's time to forgive and forget. One of the most memorable covers of a national magazine appeared nearly two years ago. There's a picture of Nelson Mandela embracing E.W. de Klerk, South African president, the man and the symbol of the unjust society that incarcerated him for 27 years of his life. That portrait of forgiveness left a lasting impression on me. 30 years prior, the same picture was drawn featuring Malcolm X, the famed Muslim minister. After he made his last pilgrimage to the Holy Land, Malcolm X returned a new man, completely transformed. People whom 
we consider reverent or spiritual or role models of decency are always able to forgive without qualifications or doubts. They do not cloud their consciousness with thoughts of anger or vengeance directed towards those who attempted to wrong them. Rather, they provide society with a model of forgiveness that we can use in our daily lives. To be forgiven, we must forgive. Forgiving brings forgiveness. Failure to forgive creates hell for the unforgiver, not the unforgiven. Practice forgiveness. It is the greatest act. Practice forgiveness. It is the greatest act. I'm going to come back to this in just a second. We have a little, I think this is a quote. Maybe it's a, I don't know. So let's read this. And that was the law of forgiveness. A quick word from our sponsor. Don't just buy black, decorate black. ERGJ Black Bazaar is the Afrocentric marketplace we specialize in urban home decor. Anything from shower sets to wall tapestries to duvet cover sets, you can decorate your entire home with original black art-inspired gifts. Check us out at www.ergjblackbazaar.com www.ergjblackbazaar.com ERGJ Black Bazaar, the Afrocentric marketplace. We make group economics easy. This is from an anonymous writer who says this about habits. A little poem or something, a little soliloquy about habits. I'm your constant companion. I'm your greatest helper or heaviest burden. I will push you onward or drag you down to failure. I'm completely at your command. Half the things you do, you might just as well turn over to me and I will be able to do them quickly and correctly. I am easily managed. You must be, merely be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done and after a few lessons, I will do it automatically. I am the servant of all great men and alas, of all failures as well. Those who are great, I've made great. Those who are failures, I've made failures. I'm not a machine, though I work with all the precision of a machine plus the intelligence of a man. You may run me for profit or run me for ruin. Makes no difference to me. Take me, train me. Be firm with me, and I will place the world at your feet. Be easy with me, and I will destroy you. Who am I? Who am I? I am habit. I am habit. law of habit, the law of forgiveness, the mental laws. Now these mental laws are powerful, the most powerful ever forces ever discovered. Each law enables you to begin unlocking the powers of your subconscious mind. 
Use these principles in a positive and systematic way. In any attempt to improve your current situation or circumstance, never allow yourself to drift from those time-proven principles that have flowed from generation to generation in a steady stream to serve as the fundamentals for finding and developing and living the good life. In the simplest terms, success begins by exercising your power of choice to direct control over your thoughts by disciplining yourself to think and talk and act in accordance with these mental laws you begin to live life on purpose you begin to live life on purpose you begin to develop what writer and lecturer brian tracy terms a sense of destiny which is the hallmark of true success the mental laws from a previous episode, law of practice, the law of mental equivalency, the law of control, the law of expectation, the law of reciprocity, law of habit, and the law of forgiveness. Mental law is the most powerful forces ever discovered. Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. If you put it in a book, we absolutely will find it. Now, I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, and we invite you to join the Black Billionaires Club. Get connected with brothers and sisters who are serious about winning with money, serious about success, and super serious about helping you to accomplish your goals and to build your dreams. Check out the website at www.theblackbillionairesclub.com www.theblackbillionairesclub.com You can find that link in the description above or below. Make a decision to change the rest of your life. We'd ask that you would subscribe and support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes to improve financial literacy within our community and ultimately to help us to build the School of Wealth. To build an institution that will teach the next generation about money and your small monthly contribution can make all the difference. Well, it says, well, we want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the New Black Wall Street Book Club. We want you to remember this, that it takes a village and it starts with us. Let's build as we climb together. We all we got, people. And thank God that that's more than enough. Until next episode, you know what time it is, Mr. DJ. Hit the music. New, new, new black, new. It's the new black Wall Street book club. With your host, Evan Jefferson. Evan Jefferson. It's time for us to go. Yeah. Now you ain't gotta leave the computer, but we encourage you to get out there and learn and apply all the things you learn at the new black Wall Street book club. Book club. Yeah. The new Black Wall Street. The new Black Wall Street.